the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Spain, and with me today is Greg Hutana. How are you, Greg? I'm really good. Thanks, Paul. Good to be here. Great to have you on the show again. Thank you. How uh, How is life at Gorilla keeping you? Yeah, keeping me busy. It's good to be back in the office, as it were, me and the rest of the world. Yeah. Kind of heading back to a little bit of normality. I'm still working from home a couple of days a week, uh, which is really interesting and, uh, yeah, a little bit exciting. So, Yeah, oh, it's it's good to see the... Yeah, some of the the, the positives that uh, that COVID has uh, sort of inspired, shall we say? Well, let's uh, let's jump in. Lots to talk about uh, today, but first up, I'd like to thank our uh, show partners: uh, Gorilla Technology, Sumo Logic, Vodafone, Spark, Vocus, HP, and Samsung. And it's those companies who stand behind uh, the show and really give a you know, huge amount of support. Uh, to the technology sector here in New Zealand, and you know, of course, the New Zealand Tech Podcast is uh, is part of that. So, uh, a huge thank you to those brands for their uh, support. Now, the thing I guess that has excited me uh, the most over the weekend was seeing uh, the new launch from uh, SpaceX and uh, NASA. And look, seeing that uh, that that Crew Dragon, which of course they had already docked one of uh, one of those with the International Space Station, but with no crew on board. But with the launch over the weekend, uh, that's the first time in nine years uh, that NASA have actually been able to take their own crew from American soil up to the International Space Station, up to the ISS, and. Yeah, just thinking about that from a, a pride perspective for you know for the Americans, right? There's yeah, you know, they have a lot of pride and and you know what they've achieved in, in science and technology and uh, space. It must have been somewhat grating for them since they shut down the um, space shuttle program to have to you know be paying the Russians to uh, take their uh, astronauts yeah you know, to and from the International Space Station. I mean, it does seem incredible, but. You know, I was just saying to Paul before we kicked off today around, uh, you know, Elon Musk has had a huge impact on what's happening in that space. And would they be even there today without kind of his pushing and nudging and everything he's been doing in the space? So, yeah, it was really cool to watch <laughs> and to see the Teslas driving them to the rocket. It's like, oh, my goodness, this is a little bit of an expensive, um, you know, PR campaign. But everything that man does is PR, so he does it well. But no, it was, it was pretty cool to watch for sure. Well, you know they're very good at delivering, and you, you looked inside the uh, the Crew Dragon, which was their new uh, capsule. And you know, for those that have been up to uh, you know one of the NASA locations that you can uh, you can visit, and for instance in uh, Houston, and you know also in Florida, you know you can actually get your hands on one you know the, one of the um, uh, original sort of you know Apollo uh, mission uh, capsules. Uh, but yeah, this looked sort of like the the next thing. You know, still, still, you know, not dramatically different in many ways, but very modern with its sort of you know curved edges and so on. But the big change was inside and seeing those three uh, touchscreens. It, it looked like you're inside sort of a a Tesla, basically, right? It's it all, looked all, empty. All, all, it's all like touchscreens, where's, where's right? All the yeah. Buttons that they go pushing and what have you. It's just kind of like nice clean spaces everywhere. In fact, the chairs looked almost. 
out of place. You know, it's just, yeah, it was weird. And the spacesuits, that's, you know, just next uh, next level in terms of, look, I, yeah, I think you could you could say that their, their spacesuits were very, very much you know, in line with, with, the Tesla, SpaceX, Elon Musk type brand it was, you know, very, uh, very modern. I think he, you know, involved uh, you know, a movie, you know, costume designer in that process to come up with something that looked looked very cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so really neat, and you know, of course, uh, they were they were also uh, able to uh, land the rocket, which had. You know, launch them as well, so that that came back uh, onto onto its platform. So, yeah, very very cool. Now on to other things, and it, look, of course, in the, in that space as well, we have uh, Rocket Lab who are you know, continuing to launch as well, which is is pretty uh, pretty exciting. And you can you know follow uh, their launches now on on uh, Twitter. And uh, YouTube, the you know, getting a really getting a huge uh, following. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I think that's maybe just over a week away. Uh, the eleventh of June is is when their launch window opens for. Uh, so their, will, the, will their, this be their, their second launch? Their, like, no, I think this is eleven or twelve oh, now. Wow. So well I mean, those are just those just don't just, don't stop. Yeah, mission wow. twelve called "Don't Stop Me Now." Uh, so yeah, June the eleventh. So that's just that's just Amazing. constant, which is uh, yeah, so pleasing to see they've already got it there, you know, on the on the launch pad. So they're uh, they're 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 fully geared up. So yeah, things are things are really uh, ramping nicely for Rocket Lab. Of course, at the other end of the the scale uh, to uh, SpaceX, but you know, the, the NASA is also one of their customers, which is is pretty. Uh, encouraging so yeah great to uh, great to see and i saw on their uh twitter handle over the weekend they were even uh you know promoting and and congratulating nasa and and spacex for um for the launch so yeah great great to uh, uh to see that sort of camaraderie uh amongst companies in the in the sector uh now I wanted to follow up a little bit on last week. We spoke a little bit about New Zealand, um, the NZ um, contact tra- tracing app and uh, NZ, uh, NZ uh, COVID tracer, uh, it's called. And I was uh, spent the weekend down in uh, Mount Maunganui and yeah, a little bit more time had passed. So I was curious to see, well, you know, how... How are they going with this uh, contact tracing mechanism? And in the back of my mind, also noting that we're down to only one person infected with COVID-19 left in the country. So there's a little bit of that question of, well, how important is contact tracing right now? And I'm probably in the same boat as a, a lot of others in the population thinking, well, if we if we don't see a second wave then there isn't a whole lot of point in the contact tracing. But if we do see a second wave, that's where the contact tracing will become really important. And, you know, we've we've heard, I think, the numbers, last numbers I heard maybe suggesting we were up around the half a million type number that have installed the app. So it's a pretty, uh, yeah, a reasonable chunk of the population that have got the message to install the app. But
but still a disconnect but about actually, actually scanning it. Was, what, did, what did you notice? Because well, you were out and about over the weekend and you, you'd yeah. seen different stores and, and you know cafes and restaurants with, with barcodes up. I think we, we discussed some of those were uh, the government barcode for uh, NZ COVID Tracer. Some of them were barcodes for some of the other apps that are, that are running. But did you see anybody scanning them? Not anywhere that I went, Paul. In fact, of all the places I visited on the weekend, which was quite numerous, um, the only places that I saw that were actually following any kind of process was the warehouse in, in uh, West City shopping mall, and the line was up and down the escalators. Anyone in those West Auckland knows there's double escalators kind of going down to the bottom floor. And I thought, well, there's no way I'm lining up on that. So I just gave that up. Why would you bother? Yeah. And then, of course, I headed up to Lincoln Road, and it was complete free-for-all. <laughs> a lovely lady greeting you on the door with some kind of crumpled, scanned piece of paper. I didn't even know what it was at the time. Uh, and people just coming and going, <laughs> so please. So, yeah. And that store was not a, lot, not a lot of consistency. Absolutely right? packed. And yeah. they were, yeah. you know, I could see... When I did see the sign, I thought, well, they're not going to be wanting to cause resistance to people spending money at this stage. So it's a free-for-all in Lincoln Road. <laughs> and yeah. it was on lockdown still in West City. And I think that's because it's a mall. They're probably having to be a bit more you know, conscious of, of those things because they're going to have to be accountable to the to the landlord if there is problems down the road versus you know, freestanding stores where they're their own, you know, at their own demise or their own uh, glory, as it were. So it was interesting. Mm. I, I found it yeah, quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, what I noticed down at um, Mount Monganui was yeah, I went through the mall and I found a small number of locations that had the government NZ COVID tracer barcode up um, and, or QR code. and But if I waited up, at the time I was thinking it through, it was maybe one in five stores, cafes, yeah. restaurants that I that I saw that were that were you know that had it there, but they weren't pushing it. And in fact, at one location, I said, "Oh, how many people have scanned that today?" And the woman I spoke with said, "Oh, I don't think anybody has." Yeah, um, so, so it's not a unified. Th- at the moment, it's not really happening. No. But I think there's wisdom in getting this stuff out there, so that if there is a second wave, they can really fire it up. Even yeah. if it's, it's you know, not awesome at the moment. I know they're working on you know, more capabilities in the background, and yeah, if we had a second wave, having having that up on a lot of phones uh, could well be helpful. But for now, yeah, probably it's a probably, free, it's prob- a free probably not so much. So uh, yeah, now. Another thing caught my attention, and I was discussing it on uh, TV3 this morning, which is Microsoft replacing staff at uh, MSN. And MSN, of course, is their uh, news portal, and it's sort of what comes up automatically as your homepage if you're using a Microsoft browser as they'll come up with these news stories and you know, I always look at it as sort of a, a clickbait type location where they're really, yeah, they're tr- trying to get you to click through. They share the revenue uh, with a range of media outlets who are feeding content to them. Uh, but the the big headline was basically that they're firing their uh, MSN uh, staff and or, or journalists, who I think a lot of that is is outsourced, certainly uh, in in some uh, some markets, 
and that in, instead of uh, having having those staff be people, they're going to be basically moving to AI staff to choose the content. But of course, the headlines maybe make it look like a little bit more of a big deal than it is from a what what they're expecting the technology to do. It's not that they're getting technology to to be journalists that write stories because those are coming in, those are written for the large part right now, um, you know, if not all, by humans. And we know there there is a level of journalism that happens online that is uh, produced by AI. I remember a conference I spoke at in the US uh, maybe about three years ago uh, about podcasting. And, you know, I was talking about this era of artificial intelligence systems able to uh, you know, do what individuals do from a journalistic perspective and so on. And I showed, you know, on, on that occasion a news item that had been online, you know, that day that I was talking, uh, which was purely generated by an AI. Uh, but this was pretty dry content around share prices and, you know, quite easy to uh, have that auto auto produced. Uh, not so with a lot of other content, but we're, we're certainly in a world now where AI exists that can pull this sort of stuff together, but for it to actually you know, re- replace our typical sort of content, uh, I'm yeah I'm not quite sh- so sure what that will look like. But you know I think the headline may be a little bit scarier than uh, than the reality. Um, but, but that's the reality of media today. There's always trying to get a hyped up, you know. Truth, true, truth, true, true, true. Yeah, I mean over. they're playing the same game as <laughs> MSN anyway, in terms of trying to, trying to get the clicks, trying to get you know people to to check out the uh, the content. But we had a, a slightly broader discussion about it uh, this morning on the AM show, and you know my point was that we shouldn't be fearful about this sort of technology, and you know in fact it's really important that New Zealand. Uh, as a as a country embraces you know more of technology more of automation more of artificial intelligence because we have a challenge with our productivity levels being you know below you know, what is normal what is typical in other countries and so by applying technology we can you know lift our productivity levels now you know does that is that a concern for those people who might lose their jobs well you know i think the way it balances out if you apply technology right it actually gives a lift to the economy it helps organizations stay in business rather than closing their doors because they're more competitive so you know my view on it is if it's if it's done well and it's done right we actually we end up with a with a net gain more actually you know more jobs overall because we strengthen uh, you know our our economy, and we're able to employ people as those businesses yeah. grow. And I think that conversation is harder for us older folks to get our head around. But certainly for my daughters, I can imagine that they might live in a world where they work for multiple different bodies remotely in all different locations because they're not bound to the office and desk kind of scenario that we've grown up with. Gig economy, the, the single location incomes, where suddenly you know you can be on the move. And this generation. Of our kids wants to be on the move. It wants to be active. It wants to be living. <laughs> some, it doesn't, some, want, some do, it doesn't some necessarily don't. want to be tied to a desk twenty four seven like yeah. we kind of have got used to now. Yeah. So yeah. technology allows for that. And of course, if you're embracing that rather than being fearful of it, 
it just opens incredible opportunities, I think, for the whole workforce. So even us older folk who are kind of like me were stuck in a rut where I was doing the same kind of jobs, different locations, suddenly you, you take a, you know, quite a paradigm shift and, and do something in technology. And, and it's very successful if you take the leap, but it is it can be difficult. So. Yeah, you know. yeah, it's certainly it's certainly a transition, but yeah, that's certainly my my encouragement nice. uh, to to our New Zealand organisations is let's look at how we can leverage these technologies and do better. And yeah, the flow the flow on should be uh, you know the positive flow on should be uh, greater than <clears throat> than the negative in terms of um, you know those sorts of things that we, we talk about in terms of job losses but I think there's all sorts of other you know flow-ins when we bring those efficiencies into place uh, that, that can have uh, you know an, an impact on some of the big challenges that that a, that a country tries to uh, address in, in terms of you know things like you know poverty uh, you know climate change type challenges you know very hard to address those things if your country's actually doing doing you know badly and you're you're uncompetitive so yeah that's my view uh now on to uh some of the the uh gadgets that we've been having a look at uh just arrived today the new oppo uh find x2 pro uh, that's about to launch in new zealand and also the find x um the oppo find x2 uh light now we've been just having a bit of a play around because they only just just arrived uh, shortly before the podcast uh, started, so there's definitely going to be a bit of time over over the next uh, few weeks getting really getting a feel for what uh, you know these these devices are like. But look, for me, I think it's it's great to see that. Oppo, you know, really committing to the New Zealand market. Obviously, we've got Samsung and Apple here as the, you know, the big dominant players. Huawei, uh, you know, are certainly, you know, off to the side uh, more and more as time goes on. Although I notice with um, Huawei, even some of some of their handsets have been getting uh, through with Android uh, 10 updates. Uh, so that you know, they haven't been completely left out in the cold. Those handsets that were launched before, uh, you know, the US sort of blocked their access to uh, you know Google's uh, services. Uh, but looking at uh, looking at at Oppo, uh, the Find X2 uh, Pro so far looks like a really sort of strong uh, play as a handset coming into the market. Nineteen hundred dollars. So this is this is not a a budget handset by you know any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but it's got 12 gigs of RAM. It's got um, half a terabyte uh, of storage. It's you know very very fast, impressive uh, camera. Uh, I was you know, test, testing it out a little bit earlier with a, a 10 times zoom. The picture, you know, inside it's lit up, but it looked uh, crystal, you know, crystal clear. Uh, obviously, the more you zoom in and, and so on, you, you're going to have a look at pixels and and uh, and so on. But yeah, it's uh, it's great great to see the that competition is driving uh, innovation, and there's a whole bunch of other aspects to it that you know I guess facilitate gaming and you know high speed movement with these high refresh rates that we're now uh, getting on the screen. And look, the, we we 
don't want to be stuck uh, in New Zealand, where well, we do have a smaller market with with just a couple of uh, phone brands, even if they are you know really really good products. I think it's good to uh, good to see uh, you know Oppo cutting out a bit of a slice of the local market. We need competition across the board in every sector we can get our hands on because it just it works so much better for the consumer. When the less and less competition, the harder it is actually to demand, you know, better because your you know your, your choices become limited. So I think it's yeah, just keep rocking it. Yeah, well, interestingly, they they are also coming out. You know, now that they've got that Find X uh, Two Pro uh, coming into the market in nineteen hundred, it gives them a really broad span of handsets. Uh, and they're doing a, a, a lower end version, it's sort of mid range or higher higher mid range phone, the Oppo Find X2 Lite coming in just under eight hundred dollars, uh, which also looks like a, a, a pretty nice handset. I mean, in the hand, it doesn't actually look dr- dramatically. <laughs> it's like uh, a, half the price. Uh, different. I'm looking at it, going um, well. Other than it's slightly smaller, and you, yeah, it doesn't know. doesn't have the sort of the um, the 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 tear teardrop or the what do you call it the curving curving off of the uh, screen on the on the side that was the the term I was looking for um, but yeah some some nice uh, technology mm-hmm. there and some pretty good cameras uh, by the looks of it in in both models so yeah that that's pleasing to see now uh, sky TV have been uh, getting in touch with uh, customers today and I received a communication from them around their uh, acquisition of uh, Spark's Lightbox. Now, they are now at that point of bringing together um, Lightbox with their existing Neon service, and they're going to have one single app, and it draws, basically, it, it looks like it's a, um, there's a bit of a modification on the Lightbox app that, that's uh, you know that's been out there for some time, but they're bringing um, together with the Lightbox content also their Neon content. So certainly in the short term, I don't know how this will play out long term. Uh, it means a good chunk of content. Also, they are uh, there will be one price. So if today you're paying for both, and I don't know how many people would be. Uh, in that position uh, but if you are paying for for both and I know a lot of people have had the lightbox app for free uh, but from 7th of July when they uh, merge it'll be one uh, fee of thirteen dollars95 uh, per month to basically access that that catalog and it does include some movies as well so that's one thing that for lightbox customers, uh, many of who were getting it for free, they didn't have movies unless they did a pay per view. Uh, now that's something that will stay there, which wasn't available uh, previously for the Sky Neon customers. As you want a you know, one of those uh, new release or you know close to new release uh, movies, you will be able to get that on that uh, that pay per view, which I think about eight eight dollars. Uh, I did notice though that one area where they are still behind uh, Netflix and Amazon as there's no 4K content uh, just yet. So that's uh, still a little bit of a challenge for them to deliver uh, 4K into the New Zealand market. But I mean, overall, I think this is a, is a good move. 
And look, in terms of market share and competing competing with with the big boys internationally, especially Netflix, really, really challenging. And having two different players in the market, um, yeah, not something that really was going to work long term. I hope this does work for Sky, whose you know, share price has taken quite a, uh, a beating during uh, the COVID uh, period, and you know they they're working to. Uh, um, to raise a you know a, a bunch of you know over a hundred million dollars worth of uh, uh, extra funds to uh, to shore up their future, which it looks like they won't um, probably have too much of an issue in terms of raising some some extra money there. Um, but yeah, it's uh, times are a changing, they and sure are. Uh, hopefully things yeah really start. Speeding up with uh, with Sky and look, they become you know, more competitive as we as we as we look forward because it's important we have good local players, not just international players in the market. We've actually right? got Disney Plus now, which I n- would never have imagined. So it's like, where did that come from? My sister brought down the little thing you put into the TV, and and um, I'm like, she must be paying for the subscription. So Mum's got a bit of. Disney content to watch, which was pretty cool, and it's so simple. I just shove it out of the mum's TV when I want to watch something on mine, and didn't get put it on the side of the, the TV, plug in the power, and it's away. away again. So it's quite yeah. amazing, I yeah. thought. Yeah, but, and um, and yeah, you know, fairly low low cost uh, month to month. Yeah, Disney's got some good content, and that's, I guess, the world that we're moving into. Where suddenly we're stacking up all these different subscriptions, right? So you've got to decide to turn this one on this month, that month, you know, what 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 do you do? Uh, Queeby or Quibby, like, yeah, we talked about a, a, a month or, or so uh, back, which has got a stack of content but seems to be really struggling in the market. They've got a, a, a quite a small number of subscribers. Those that signed up at the beginning rather than a 14-day trial, which is, I think, what they're offering at the moment, were able to get a three-month trial. So I jumped in on, on that. And, look, I've I've cancelled it all, already. So at the end of three months, I, you know, unless there's some content I really get get stuck into. But most of the content on, on that, because they're creating this vertical content as well as horizontal, so you can watch it whichever way suits you on your phone, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, but it is created... <sighs> As these shorter segments, so yeah, you're listening, you're you're watching uh, these little, you know, like a mini TV program, uh, but each episode's like whatever it is, eight minutes, ten minutes, sort of sort of thing, and so you can watch a whole series, you know, even if it's say you know twelve, fifteen episodes, I can't remember how how many they are, um, but yeah, the one I watched, you know, you could basically just binge watch the whole thing, and you know, in a, in a couple of hours or so. Um, which is good, but it means you're not going to be sticking around for your subscription unless you get on to another bit of content quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, from their perspective, though, uh, I imagine it's meant it's a lot more cost-effective for them to sign up partners and you know, the likes of Spielberg and so on that they had you know, signed up to produce content. They're not going to be having to shell out you know, mega billions of dollars to actually you know buy the content when it is a little bit easier now that brings us on to the next topic which uh, is samsung and samsung have been doing 
pretty well in the uh, in the area of TVs, and uh, had a chat with them uh, today, and just a, you know a quick look at what they're up to with their new uh, TVs. And I yeah you know, got to say that uh, you know Samsung have have just gone from strength to strength on the on the on the dominance in terms of the television uh, market. And to help with that, they just keep broadening their offerings. So it was three years ago that they first launched their uh, Frame TV, uh, where you you basically you know putting a TV, mounting it sort of into the wall, uh, where it looks like a piece of artwork basically, and you can have that static artwork that sits on it. You've got these um, you know frames around the TV that can be. You know, changed out, but basically looks looks like a you know picture with a wooden frame on it or what have you. Uh, that seems to have gone quite well, so they're extending their uh, their sizes and, and and offerings there up to I think they're up to uh, seventy five inch with that uh, now, if I'm remembering the uh, the n- numbers correctly. With their new launch of that coming into the market. Uh, they've got their QLED TVs, the 8K. They've they've really got an incredible um, range of just different models. Uh, but the one that really caught my attention today, um, as well as the the frame frame ones, um, you know, from a design perspective, look very cool. Oh, and another one on a design perspective, one called the Serif that they're also launching into the market. Uh, that is also another kind of arty looking TV. And the way they they had it set up, it's got um, it was sitting on the floor. Well, not directly on the floor on you know these uh, um, uh, on a stand. To, you know, two two legs on on either side. But there was no visible sort of power cable running into it, and so on. You know, runs through the through the legs. You basically make the power uh, disappear. Very very slick looking. Uh, so that's another new one. Um, but they have an, a, uh, a new model which they are launching uh, here in, into the New Zealand uh, market and I think it's coming in under, um, under 3,000 uh, here in, in New Zealand if I've got the, the numbers uh, roughly right. Uh, it's called the uh, Cero, S-E-R-O uh, and this is a, a TV where you can actually have it spin vertically. So if you're mirroring content off your phone, uh, you've you've got that portrait format, and you can actually link it up to your phone. So if you've mirrored your phone onto the um, onto the Cero TV, and then you spin your phone, the TV will uh, it's you know motorized. It will actually spin around. Uh, to you know, uh, landscape or portrait as as you adjust uh, your phone. If you're off a Samsung, I uh, don't think it does that on uh, on iPhone yet. But you can you know you can link in uh, either either type of phone to it. Uh, I'm I'm really not sure whether that's something that will that will take off. I don't know how many of those that you know they would expect to be able to uh, sell into you know a small market like New Zealand, but I'm sure there will be there will be some. Um, I always find it amazing with the TVs that you know some people actually want a small TV, (laughs) or they want a particular size for you know somewhere in the house, whereas you know traditional you know sports guys I suppose or whatever 
how big can I get you, this you want it well and the big keeps getting yeah, bigger right you like, know they've got their 80 84 inch you know 8k it's just oh yep that that's what that's what's available now um and the sizes seem to keep going up so it used to be that sort of bedroom tv was a 32 inch just for your you know just your little tv yeah. uh bedroom that now is more commonly sort of you know 43 uh inches uh, which incidentally is the size that the the Ciro has uh, launched at. Uh, so yeah, quite uh, quite interesting just to just to uh, see these changes. But apparently there was uh, yeah a, a huge uh, drop off, of course, because retailers and so on were. Uh, were, were you know closed during that COVID period, Absolutely. but as soon as things open back up, apparently TV sales through the roof. This was certainly from Samsung's numbers, wow. and so you know ahead of where they were uh, last year. Even though there was there was that window of Amazing. you know over, over a month where you weren't uh, you weren't able to to buy a, uh, a TV yet. Boom, away away they go again. So. Yeah, people are still very, very keen, and maybe this is partly because we've spent so much time uh, in lockdown, so much time at home. We're actually wanting to make sure we've, you know, we've got, uh, you know, decent devices to uh, to be consuming content. And you know, there's there's an element there of uh, you know, probably a lot of people that have got into uh, consuming more programs and so on than, yeah. than they they maybe watched for a while, and so they really want to uh, really want to get. Uh, that you know stepped up to to the current level and uh, look it's I mean I've got to say it's pretty slick looking at at uh, some of these top end phones uh, sorry TVs and you know as for me I'm not necessarily sort of in in the market for for those but I'll, you know I'm going to have a little bit of a look at Samsung's latest uh, sometime over the next few weeks and yeah I'm hoping I won't be tempted. Because uh, you can you can throw a lot of money, shall we say, at those uh, those 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 top TVs. But I do like uh, what Samsung are doing from a software perspective, ease of use. You know, they they're building in the Apple TV uh, stuff and being able to uh, you know mirror uh, through AirPlay to your content off an iPhone as as well as off your um, you know Samsung or Android phones. So. Yeah, they've got some uh, some good stuff going on there, and you know, really sort of stretching the market, I guess, with with some of these more uh, RT TVs, and then uh, things like the um, you know the Ciro that uh, that actually rotates. So um, yeah, that would be quite a cool uh, TV to to have. But whether you'd end up spinning it around or a lot or not, I guess it depends on the sort of content you uh, you consume really but the, uh, you know there, there's a lot of content through the social media channels anyway that is filmed vertically and yeah that would be that would be well suited all right now on to uh, on to a couple of other a uh, couple of other things we've got uh, Microsoft Surface Go that has uh, has now sort of landed in, uh, in or sort of Surface Go to, shall we say? We've got that uh, here, so that's the. I know it's it's a little bit. Um, oh, how do you describe it? Dinky would be the word I would I would call it. You know, compared to Microsoft Surface Pro, because it it has a lot of elements of Microsoft Surface Pro in terms of the keyboard. Uh, it's now a bit more powerful with the uh, the i3 processor in there. You can get that um, Surface Go 2, 
with an i3 processor, 8 gigs of RAM, 128 gig uh, SSD, which yeah is enough to make it you know at the bottom end a you know a somewhat uh, capable Windows computer. Not the sort of thing I imagine you'd want to do a whole lot of multitasking or running apps like Photoshop and 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 the like. Uh, but it you know as long as you're limiting what you're actually running on there, you're not trying to multitask and you know fill up the the, the memory or the storage too much. Um, that might be a useful device, be it for students or those that want a smaller device on the go. I quite like the idea of it just as a as a sort of thing that you you know you can easily carry around into meetings. You can use a stylus to be you know scribbling notes, or you can uh, you know use the um, you know the the keyboard um, cover. I, I so. could see student. I can see my daughters using that quite nicely. Yeah, my oldest one lugs around quite a big. It's always getting bashed, and you know this looks like just something that would be nicely suited for students. I don't know if that's why they've and, and, brought it and, out, and, but. and pretty robust. Well, yeah. yeah, I think that that's certainly part of the you know part of the market for it. So um, I'll be trying that out and and seeing whether it is whether it is usable. I'm going to have to sort of you know lighten what I would get it to do, but it will you know dock into one of these uh, you know USB C docks or a USB C monitor. Also goes into the uh, Microsoft have released a new Surface dock, the Surface Dock Two. Um, haven't had a chance to try that out yet, but uh, it does seem as though it gives a bit more flexibility in terms of uh, display options. My only hope on that front is it's reliable because the Microsoft Surface uh, previous Surface docks uh, had you know, quite a number of reliability issues, particularly in the early days. So you know, I'm hoping this new one comes out and and you know it doesn't start with a need for a you know six months worth of uh, firmware updates before it's reliable so uh, yes let's hope so I, th- I mean I can't see any reason why it should need that except that uh, Microsoft had a bit of a bad track record in the past um, now one last gadget uh, before we finish up for uh, today uh, that I've been trying out is um, a smartwatch of sorts it's the um, Withings Move ECG and this is is really pretty unique in the market certainly here uh, in New Zealand I've seen you know a few of these devices and, and Withings have been in the market for some time for a while uh, they had got acquired under Nokia so they were brand had the Nokia uh, branding for a period uh, but Withings have a sort of a whole uh, range of um, devices, including the uh, the Move ECG uh, monitor and activity watch, comes and it, it's about two hundred and eighty dollars. Um, but this is a, effectively an analog watch, so you've got you know traditional uh, moving. moving I don't, don't want to know about this watch. I tried to get my hands on it, and Paul said, "No, no, I need to test it." So <laughs> I don't really don't care what's going on with this watch. No, you it's absolutely. It looks fantastic on. It certainly does. Um, and some of them don't look that good, but this one I think looks looks like a real nice, you know, piece of kit to be wearing. It's not so super. There's no lights flashing or anything. It looks just like a watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you I wouldn't love. you wouldn't know it was was 
uh, you know, a lot of people wouldn't recognise that it was a gadget. No. It has got one hand that tracks your, you know, it's got the the normal hands and then it's got a separate sort of dial inset which tracks your, uh, you know, movement, exercise uh, for the day and you can control that through your app on uh, Android or iOS and it uses low tower, low power Bluetooth uh, for communications. So Withings suggest that you can get 12 months out of the, the battery. Uh, of course, I haven't had a chance to, to test that just yet, but looking around online, I see you know, people do get varying results. Now, um, so yeah, that's just something to be aware of. And it does just use a pretty standard, uh, pretty standard sort of watch uh, battery, and they suggest you actually take it into um, you know, a jeweler to change the battery because it is um, water resistant up to up to fifty meters. And so, yeah, you just need to need to build that in. Um, and the other thing, I think when I, I mentioned this a month or or, or so back, um, it also has that um, ECG uh, capability. So you can do that, uh, you know, checking. It'll do your um, it'll do your um, heart rate reading uh, through that, or you can yeah, you can do the full um, electrocardiogram uh, test, which is uh, is is pretty cool actually. So. Uh, yeah, I've given that given that a bit of a go, and uh, and it and it works uh, seems to work well, and it told me that I was okay, and there were no uh, dramas, which was uh, yeah really quite um, pleasing and encouraging. So um, and very easy to uh, to kick that off. You just press the button on the side, and and then you um, you know put your fingers on both sides of the watch uh, when it runs through and does that test. Uh, which I'm actually just doing now as we uh, as we speak, and then you. Can, I think to be fair to Paul, the listeners, the reason we get so much stuff to test is because Paul takes it seriously and actually tests the stuff as he says he will. So, <laughs> so usually, usually we get to have a play of it after Paul's tested it. So I might get lucky. <laughs> um, just yeah, just having a look. Um, yep, no, no, no dramas. Uh, in terms of health, also does uh, sleep tracking as well, and it gives you a uh, a sleep score. So, um, yep, it tells me last uh, was it last night uh, eight hour eight hours. Oh, yeah, eight hours. Um, oh, yesterday was eight hours sleep. I won't tell you how many hours it said I had last night because uh, it's less less than it should be. Uh, Less than four hours, and it um, just works that out from the fact you're still moving. Or I mean, how does it work? Yeah, I think amazing. movement. Uh, you know, some of these things maybe you know, draw in a little bit on heart rate, but I think you know, movement is probably mm. the uh, the you know the the biggest uh, the biggest part of that. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's great great to see we you know there is now quite a broad range of devices. The the other thing I think that you know when you're comparing the, all these different wearables and how often you have to charge them uh, is also you know how heavy they are. And look, I really enjoy the the Apple Watch and Fitbit. Uh, Samsung have got their wearables as well. I mean, there's there's, there's so many different ones out there, uh, and the major brands generally. In, in my experience, from the time I've spent with them, are, you know, are generally pretty good. Uh, but what really stands out about the the Withings products is that long uh, battery life, 
and look, this is a watch that is thirty-two grams. So it's you know, you, you, it's not a big hefty uh, device by by any stretch of the imagination. So um, yeah, very very uh, cool. And the other thing that they have is these other accessories, which you know you see some of these with Fitbit and so on. Um, you can pair it with um, scales, so you can be you know tracking your weight um, if if you're you know trying to. Uh, improve that and measure it which is great Uh, they also have uh, an add-on for checking your blood pressure so that's the usual sort of thing that you you know put around your arm Um, I've got that there I haven't actually tested that yet so that'll be uh, that'll be coming up and I'll give that a, a spin over the next a uh, few weeks. Mondays and see, are never a good day to test see, the blood pressure. <laughs> see, see whether uh, Tuesdays. Uh, well, Tuesdays, yes. Well, it weekend, feels like a Monday, course. but yeah. Uh, it feels yeah. Like that. Um, but yes, yeah, see if that that lines up with uh, with the results from uh, uh, from a GP. So uh, yeah, very uh, very nice to to see that you know we're getting this quite a broad range of you know health type wearables and, and gadgets in the market in New Zealand it used to be I you know I'd go to the US and you would see at some of the uh, big stores there like Best Buy you'd see this massive range of products and then you'd be in a in a retailer in New Zealand and there was it was just there was there was nothing uh, but we're slowly seeing these things building up, mm. and of course, the, you know we've got a level of online retail uh, in New Zealand as well that also fills in those gaps because you might not be able to get the product, uh, you know, in stock. Uh, you know, all of these products are in stock in a local store, uh, but you can certainly get them uh, online, which is great. Uh, so that is us for this week on the New Zealand Tech Podcast. So uh, thank you, Greg, for oh, joining the pleasure, show. Paul, absolute pleasure. And thanks, everybody, for uh, listening in. Lots more coming up over the next uh, few weeks ahead. Uh, there will certainly be some, some interesting uh, announcements and bits and pieces, but we'll, uh, we'll uh, keep those under our hat for now. And uh, there's some, some interesting uh, little bits under embargo as well, So uh, as, as well as some news on the New Zealand Tech Podcast front. So thanks, everybody. Uh, Remember to, if you're not following our our new listing on LinkedIn, it would be great if you could find NZ Tech Podcast. Uh, We're listed on there, and we're really going to be building up uh, our content through through those social channels over the, uh, the next little while. And, of course, we're on Facebook and Twitter as well and you can also follow our podcast New Zealand uh, if you if you enjoy listening to podcasts we're going to be talking a bit more about some of the other uh, shows on the podcast New Zealand network and also as we uh, add new shows and launch new shows uh, on the network that will be the place to keep up to date with um, with all of those topics and uh, that will will help you decide what uh, what maybe you should be listening to all right thanks everyone Catch you next week. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.